Welcome to the Dietitian Boss Podcast. I'm your co-host, Yaw Borchi, dietetic student and couples weight loss specialist. As your guest host, I'm interviewing dietitian bosses and sharing their amazing stories to inspire you to take action and create a six-figure income using social media marketing. She's a registered dietitian from Clearwater, Florida, who uses the ketogenic diet to help manage weight and reverse chronic disease in women. Her passion is to partner with her clients for lasting weight loss and medication reduction. She challenges the dietetic status quo by offering a whole food ketogenic diet option for people who have struggled to find results using traditional dieting methods. She is passionate about her faith. She loves her kids and believes that it's never too late to start your health journey. You can find Temple on Instagram at the dot ketogenic dot nutritionist. Welcome, Temple. I'm so excited to talk to you and learn about your philosophy. So why don't we start there? Can you share with the audience a little bit about your nutrition philosophy? Yeah, absolutely. I'm super excited to be on. You know, my nutrition philosophy has kind of molded a little bit to what it is now in the last couple of years. But as you can probably tell, I'm super passionate about the ketogenic diet low carb, high fat, I think it can absolutely heal the body. I think it can do a lot of really cool things with hormones, etc. But I also think that it's not for everyone. I think nutrition is so bio individual, and we always have to take that into consideration. So I think that that's another key aspect that I use in my practice every day is making sure that my approach will work for the individual. And if it doesn't, I'm fine with letting them move on. That's really helpful. I think a lot of times people get caught up in wanting to serve everyone. So the key takeaway from anyone listening is you can't help everyone and that's okay. And it's actually a good thing because you're serving your clients in the best way by telling them that. So thank you so much for mentioning that. And in terms of your business, and especially since you're focusing on keto, how do you tie in your messaging with your goals for your business? Yeah, obviously making sure my messaging is clear. I really want to attract the clients that are going to fit into my niche, which obviously I learned from Libby, but I think that that's so important to hit your goals. I think if your messaging is off, it's ridiculous to set financial goals because you're not going to be able to get them if you're not attracting those people that you want to buy or to sell to. And so I think that the messaging and setting goals has to be kind of intertwined and working together, especially if you have those financial goals you want to meet and the client number goals you want to meet. Because if you don't, you know, if you talk to everybody, you talk to nobody, right? So true. Very profound. I definitely love how you said it's important that your messaging is intertwined with your sales. They're not just living on their own islands, not communicating with each other. I think that's really helpful. And it sounds like you really mastered being able to understand your client, which is great to hear. So can you talk a little bit more about your journey with starting out and growing your business? Yeah. So I was a clinical dietitian. I think like a lot of us, I was working in a veterans affairs hospital here in St. Pete, Florida. And You know, I always had the drive to be a businesswoman. I always knew that like I was an entrepreneur at heart and I wanted to work for myself and I wanted to hang out with my kids and I wanted to travel and do all these things. I just wasn't really sure the next steps. And I kind of bought into that typical thought process of, oh, I've got to go get my clinical hours. I've got to kind of do what they tell us we got to do. And once I get that, then I can really break the mold. 
And thankfully I married an incredibly supportive man who was like, no temple, start your business. Like just do it, just try it. And so I started dabbling and seeing clients outside of the hospital about a year in, and it just kind of blossomed from there. You know, the more I paid attention to my private practice and started working in that, the more I was like, get me out of this hospital. I want to work in my private practice forever. So I think I just kind of slowly gravitated toward this. And then I just had a wonderful conversation with uh, Bonnie Roney, who's actually a diet culture rebel. And she suggested Libby and here I am. Awesome. Your journey is something that I know a lot of the listeners can resonate with hearing you need to go to clinical, you need more experience. I think the fact that you just kind of put out there that you just have to have the simple intention and act on it and hiring someone that can help streamline the process. I think that's a really helpful takeaway for the listeners. And since you are new to growing your business and you are coming from private practice, can you share a little bit about your process that allowed you to get really clear with the client that you're pitching your private practice services to? Obviously, I followed Libby's advice, but I really, really thought and visualized and put myself in the body of my ideal client. And I really like owned what that looked like. I really tried to figure out what she was doing, where she was, who did she hang out with? What did she talk about? I know that sounds kind of silly, but it really helped me like put this ideal client together in my mind that I had never done before. I've never thought about that before. I was kind of always just like, Oh, I'll see whoever, you know, but once I really nailed that down and I'm like, you know, I felt like my ideal client was like my friend after I got through visualizing her so much, but So I think that that's really, really important to like narrow down the details and make sure that like the content that I'm creating on Instagram appeals to her and that she stops and saves it and then shares it with her friends and like really takes that to heart. So I think that that's a really good aspect of making sure like what you're building, your content is building is really attractive to your ideal client. Amazing. Wow. So many good nuggets in what you just said. I think the the best takeaway, at least for me and probably the listeners, is putting yourself into the body of your ideal client, getting to know her as if she was your best friend. I love that. That is so helpful for those people out there who don't know where to start. That's a good place. Just sitting down and kind of writing down that profile. So thanks for sharing your process. So once you got really clear on your ideal client, what would you say changed in your business or marketing once you had that clarity? And can you share a little bit of that process if you don't mind? Sure. You know, it became easier for me, honestly. Once I was able to narrow down what content I was going to be creating, I felt this huge burden just be lifted because now I have, it's much smaller, you know, versus old temple is creating content for everyone. And so it really made that process much easier creating content and and who I'm promoting my message to narrowing it down that way. And obviously it didn't happen overnight. And of course I'm, I'm looking at my insights and I'm making sure my posts are doing well and which ones do better. And, you know, following kind of the process Libby says, but I, I just thought that that was so helpful of like, wow, this is actually making my life easier versus actually, you know, creating more and more difficulty. So I really appreciated that. And, you know, I'm not perfect. And obviously I'm still at the very beginning of growing this business, but I have found that it's just made things easier when you really narrow that message down. 
Oh my God, that's incredible to hear because oftentimes when people think about starting a business, the first word that comes to mind is like overwhelm and probably a second one is confusion. So to hear that you getting very clear about your messaging has made this process of creating content and selling your program easier and a burden has been lifted is something that I think a lot of people would like for themselves when starting their business. So Thanks for that. And it's insanely helpful that you said another way that you alleviate that burden is just to look at your insights and see what's doing well. So not reinventing the wheel. (laughs) Nope. That's so good. So on the topic of content creation and looking at insights, can you share a little bit more about how you use Instagram to market and sell your services to your ideal client? Instagram is super helpful, especially when you get to that business profile, you click on insights. I follow what Libby says about reach engagement and website clicks. I think you can get lost in the insights if you're not narrowing it down to those three very quickly. And so, you know, I do what she recommends. I I look at my last seven days. I check my reach engagement. and Obviously, website clicks is my usual go-to first. And I just try to see what content was a hit. And once I see that, I think of different ways I can recreate that and different ways that I can market that to my ideal client that's the same, but maybe with a little bit of different information. Super, super good advice for those who are out there who don't understand about the importance of creating a repeatable process. It sounds like you found it really looking at the reach engagement website clicks. It keeps the process of creating content really nice and tidy, which is awesome. So with that in mind, and you have all that data, what's that process look like with like with actually creating a post and putting it up there, like getting that graphic up there, getting that caption up there. Can you kind of like divulge a little bit more? Yeah. So I use, you know, software systems like Canva. I think that's a really helpful system for my content. So I take the post that I've already created and I literally just take the picture off, maybe add a new picture, maybe change a little bit of the wording, try to keep my same theme color wise. But you know, I also don't like stress this. I don't think that you should like sit and look at your Canva for 45 minutes and like nitpick the whole thing because I've done that too. And that wasn't helpful either. So I think that once you kind of have that template or you know that that certain post style works, just go with it. Try a different thing. Try a couple different wordings, a new picture, whatever. Ultimately, it's going to be somewhat successful and you can kind of gauge where it is on that platform. But definitely don't spend too much time on the content because that was a mistake I made at first and it can really get you in a rut. Yeah. Oh man. I love your time saving tips. Templates, templates, temple suggests template. Template. (laughs) That's right. That's exactly right. (laughs) I love the alliteration. So before you got to this point of clarity, you probably had struggles getting clients. Can you kind of share with us what has been or was your biggest struggle getting clients on Instagram and how you turn that around? Yeah. Before I learned this way, I was just very inconsistent. So some weeks I would have two to three to four clients, but they would all be different. Like it would be like gastroparesis, you know, an ilium, all these crazy things. And I'm like, I cannot physically keep up with this demand. And so it was just always inconsistent. That's the best word I could describe is just complete inconsistency, not consistent with my financial goals. I wasn't getting ideal clients. I wasn't getting people in niches with certain conditions that I felt like I could help, honestly. And so I really had no idea who I was marketing to and therefore I had no idea what kind of content I should create. So I did the typical dietitian, like, oh, here's my dinner and 
you know, here's a different lunch that I, and like, you know, in the caption, I'd say I'm a dietitian, I can help or whatever. But like, it just wasn't, like I said earlier, it was talking to no one because it was talking to everyone. So it just wasn't helpful. And it, and it honestly, it kind of was a little bit like hard to manage because it, you just had no idea what was coming next when you didn't know the strategy to build. Yeah, that's super, super sound advice. Not speaking to everyone because when you try to speak to everyone, it leads to inconsistency. So just getting consistent with that IC and posting towards their pain is so, so powerful. Thanks for sharing that. And now that you are speaking to them on such a higher level, you obviously have an offer. So with respect to that offer, what were your challenges previously and like what's been surprisingly easier than you thought? My biggest challenge was undercharging. Like I was not charging people even close to what I was worth. And that took me a good, I don't want to say a good while because I got over it pretty quickly once I listened to Libby and my husband. But I think so many dietitians get stuck and they're undercharging so bad. And I think that that you spend so much time trying to build money, but you are undercharging and it, it's just a never ending cycle. And I think that that was my, one of my biggest barriers in the, in the very beginning was, you know, I didn't feel comfortable asking for more money. And until I really kind of got with that growth mindset and realized, Hey, I'm valuable. And the stuff that I have to share is valuable and I'm changing people's lives and that's valuable. And so that really helped me develop my offer, which is a six week group program, just like Libby suggests. And honestly, once I started selling it, people bought like in the first six or seven people I mentioned it to, I don't think one told me no. And so I was very like, whoa, I can actually do this. And people think that this is worth their time and money. And so once I had that initial couple sales, I was like all on fire. And I was like, oh, I can totally do this. If they did it, then other people will want this. And so that really helped me. And I think getting some sales under your belt is really good for confidence, especially if you were like me and you were undercharging. Oh man, I think a lot of people could really use this advice right now. I myself included just having more support. I love the fact that you mentioned having your significant other being in your ear, having Libby in your ear. And I, I've loved working with Libby as well. And I think support is so important and you have to constantly remind yourself support can really help with your growth and to really get over this undercharging issue. That's something, as you mentioned, can really inhibit your ability to really reach those financial goals that are going to afford you time with your kids, afford you vacations and everything that you started this conversation off with. So thanks for reminding people that you don't have to do this alone and you don't have to struggle to get clients if you get support. So the other thing I wanted to talk to you about since we're on the topic of offers is how do you approach sales now versus when you first started your business. Can you tell us something about that? Yeah. So I, at first I was kind of just talking to them. I didn't really set the stage. I didn't really give them an agenda. I didn't really kind of control the conversation and I don't mean control. Like I just talk to them. I obviously keep the doors wide open for them to open up for me, but I just really didn't have a plan for my sales calls. And so while they were working and they were fine, oftentimes I would find myself exhausted after them because they were just kind of like, all over the place. And so once I started kind of creating my rhythm and really letting the client know, okay, hey, this is kind of where this call is going to lead. This is how I approach these calls. It really 
helped me feel more comfortable, but it also helped them feel more comfortable because they knew what to expect from the call versus like, Oh, you know, what do I say to her? Like, do I tell her everything? Do I tell her nothing? So I really think that that was super helpful for my closings, especially. I just really felt like that was really a solid move for the client and myself with the calls, the sales calls. Yeah. Having a plan and agenda, like just in general in life, right? Having a plan or agenda is usually more helpful than not. But I love that you emphasize that it not only afforded you to close more, but it also minimized exhaustion, which if you want to make more money, but you're exhausted because you don't have plans going into your sales calls, then it's going to be a lot harder. So I love that you worked and tried to figure out a plan to minimize exhaustion and get more clear and have a strategy. So that is super helpful. And now that you have gotten more money, you've gotten into your rhythm, can you talk about how much money you have made and what's your next goal for money and your long-term money goals? Yeah. And you know, this is funny that you ask because old Temple would not have said what she made on air, but you know what? I think it's so important for people to know that it is so possible. And this is my first full on month with Libby. I started halfway through the month last month, but I really wasn't full in. And this month I will be on track to have eight grand the first month that I started with Libby. So I currently have two groups running both with about 14, 15 people in them. And I'm looking to set up another one. And I have a discovery call after this call. And I say that in the most humble spirit that I could, I could say it in because when I say that, I'm like, what did she really just say that? Because I never in my life would have imagined the first month of my private practice really focusing and working hard at it. I would even get close to five grand, honestly. And now I'm closer to 10. So it is an absolute blessing to me and my family. And it really just made me know that this could be full time and this could be absolutely the way my career path goes. Oh man, that's so inspiring to hear that you went from thinking you were going to make 5k to 8k and to hear your confidence in saying it and and acknowledging that old you wouldn't have said it, but the new you, the person closing sales, the person confidently doing those calls is able to say it and it's putting out the energy to abundantly receive 10k plus. I commend you so much and I can't wait to see your growth. So for those people that are out there, a lot of them could resonate with being in clinical, wanting to go into private practice. And I think a lot of what inspires people to join this program is they think about their clinical experience and what the other side can look like. So can you share a little bit like some of the clinical, a clinical story rather, and maybe a story that really inspired you to take that leap into private practice? Yeah. And honestly, I hear a lot of negative clinical stories and and I had some of those negative clinical experiences too, where, you know, my office had no windows, et cetera, but it was really a veteran who really inspired me. He just in completely in my niche that I'm in now and just on a ton of medications and just absolutely struggling. And I basically kind of went out of what the, the norm was and the treatment that he had received. And I worked with his doctor, obviously, but We basically put him on a ketogenic diet and hadn't really been done uh, in this hospital at all. Uh, And he lost almost 80 pounds. He got off all insulin and metformin and all these diabetic medications that he was on. And he wrote, I can't even tell you how many letters of thanks to the hospital director. 
and my boss and just all of these things. And I thought in my head, wow, if this was one experience that I had really working in the avenue that I love and that I'm so passionate about, I cannot imagine how fulfilling and rewarding it would be if I did this all the time. And so I picture this man to my, I will always remember him because he really is the one in his story and what he did and how I watched him just completely change his life. He really was my motivator. Like, Hey, you know, if I don't decide to do this and I don't step out of my comfort zone, it's really hurting more people because there could be people out there that could benefit from me and my services, but from my own insecurity, I'm not doing it. And so he really just pushed me. And and he even told me, you should be out of this place and doing this on your own. And I was, I went home and told my husband, I was like, look, I think I got to do it now. You know, this veteran just told me what to do. And so that was really a really cool moment in my life. And, you know, I have all of his letters and sometimes on days where I'm a little bit nervous or things aren't going my way, I'll go back and read some of his stuff that he wrote. And it's really moving that that was really my clinical experience. And honestly, I took that away from that whole situation. Oh, I love that. I think it is important to leverage the good with the bad. I love that you use it as almost a program validation, using your clinical experience to figure out what are you passionate about? And you've already delivered results. A lot of people listening to this think, I don't know what service to offer. I don't have any experience. Well, if you've been in clinical, you have some experience. You probably validated like 10 different amazing business ideas and you didn't know it. So I so, so appreciate you sharing your story because I hope other people will look at their past experiences and realize, wait, I've helped people with that. I've delivered a solution. They had a problem. I was able to work with them. I can do this in my private practice. So snaps to you. And in terms of getting out there, especially when you go from clinical, obviously you don't have your phone out on the floor, you're not doing anything social media related. So a lot of people are coming to this, like afraid to show their face, afraid to show up as their authentic selves, not sure what to do. So what can you share in terms of how you felt about showing your face, especially coming from clinical and jumping to the world of social media and how that has evolved within your practice? Yeah, you know... I'm very outgoing and I really tend to make friends with everyone, including random strangers on Instagram. So I never really struggled too much with like, oh, I'm happy to show my face. Before I really niched down, it was a little different. And so niching down and being the ketogenic dietitian, that's a little bit different when I started to show my face there because I was afraid of some of the backlash, um, which I received and I handled with grace. But, you know, I think what I would say is start slow, just do it. And the more you continue to do it, the easier it gets. And it doesn't always have to be this elaborate, like really cool, edited, super fancy photo. Sometimes it's like me cooking eggs on the stove for my two-year-old. So it doesn't always have to be this really fancy schmancy type of thing. It can just be you. And I think that people enjoy that. Like I've had so many people that write me, Oh, thanks for sharing the pic of your daughter. Like you're a real person. And I'm like, yeah, I am, you know? And so I think that that is good for people just to see, even if it like, doesn't necessarily make you comfortable. I think that it, it helps them feel comfortable with you. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think what you noted is actually super helpful about showing your face that if you don't know who your ideal client is, if you aren't known as the go-to for insert field of expertise, it is a lot harder to show up. So getting clear on that makes it easier to show your face. I think that is very, very 
great advice for those listeners out there who don't know how to get started. And to hear that now that you've branded yourself that way and you've really kept your stance and hold your position and have not like pushed over from it by comments, I think that's really helpful too, to let people know that you should own it and stand in it and just embrace it because yeah, you're not going to serve everyone like you mentioned at the start. So kudos to you for that. So for those people out there that are still kind of on the fence about getting into this or they're afraid, what advice would you give to someone trying to start out or hasn't quite taken that leap yet? I would just tell them that it's all about the baby steps. You know, you don't necessarily, and also it's all about the baby steps. So plan your next move, but ultimately don't compare. I think you get into very dangerous waters when you look at a certain Instagram influencers and you see this dietitian making this amount of money and et cetera, like run your race and you'll always win it. So like, you don't have to compare yourself. You just need to do you and you will be successful in that. No matter what avenue, no matter what field of expertise, as long as you're, you're taking small steps forward and you're being authentic and you're doing you and you don't get sucked into the social media trap of like, Oh, I'm not good enough. She's better. She makes more sales, et cetera. You're going to be just fine and you will get, and you will hit your goals. Just run your race and you'll win it. Oh, love that. What? great advice to run your race. You will always win it. It's like literally no one entered the competition. It's just you, you and you at the the start and the finish line. So I so appreciate that advice. I know some of the listeners will as well. So with that in mind, you're now at month two with Libby. Going into month two, August will be my second month. Cool. So what's next for your business? Because obviously you exceeded the original goal. So now you really have some bigger thinking ahead of you. Yeah. You know, I think that my financial goals are going to get set higher. So I would really like to exceed the 10 K month. I think that there is some room for me to increase my prices in whatever capacity that means that might be a discussion (laughs) with Libby at some point, but you know, I think that that is my next goal is a 10 K month. And then eventually I want to hit a 15 K month. So, you know, that is where I'm headed. And I also want to make sure that what I'm continuing to offer is a quality product. So I'm always changing and setting goals in terms of what do my classes look like? What am I giving them? Is this worth what they pay for, et cetera. So, but I think that financially that's where I'm going. And I have set some Instagram goals in terms of, I would like to see myself get 60 website clicks and, you know, in a month or so. So those types of things are important. And I think sometimes we always think financial, but I've really tried to set achievable goals so that when I hit them, I give myself like a pat on the back and then set a new one. And it's kind of like a motivator for me, but I have a website click goal. I have a reach goal. I have a follower goal. And so things like that, I think are really good to set goals that way. Yes, because if you really want to create your own practice, you have to be about the numbers. So I so appreciate you kind of sharing with us the things that you use as markers as success, such as followers, website clicks, and also like making sure that the content you create is on brand and really serves your clients on a higher level. So I appreciate you sharing all your insights on this episode and don't forget guys, you can follow temple and she's at the dot ketogenic dot nutritionist. Thank you so much.
Yeah, thanks for having me on. This was fun. If you identify as a female dietitian or student, apply to my coaching program. I'm accepting applications now. My clients go from zero to exceeding their sales goals. I save you time, energy, and I show you how to confidently become a dietitian boss. Thousands of your colleagues from around the world are doing it, and so can you. Apply on my website at LibbyRothschild.com and check the show notes if you want that link right away.